Chapter 12 of Nettie and Becky Stubtail. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Nettie and Becky Stubtail by Howard R. Garris. Chapter 12 Nettie and Becky Go Home. Oh, Nettie! exclaimed Becky Stubtail, the little girl bear as she rolled over in the clean shavings on the floor of the barn where the circus animals stayed during the cold winter months. Oh, Nettie, I've just thought of the nicest game we can play. Oh, it's just too lovely for anything. Pooh! A girl's game, answered Nettie, the boy bear, as he looked under a pile of sawdust to see if he could find a popcorn ball, or maybe an ice cream cone. Mind, I'm not saying for sure, but maybe. Anyhow, Nettie found nothing good to eat, so it doesn't make any difference. I don't want to play any girls' games, went on Nettie. I don't call Nettie very polite myself, but then you may think differently. Becky looked sort of disappointed, and her paws, in which she was holding Marianne Pudging Stick clothespin, her rubber doll, trembled a little, and Becky thought, sure, she was going to have to use her pocket handkerchief which is just the same as your own handkerchief, to wipe away her tears. For Becky was lonesome, and she wanted her mama, and the little girl bear wished she hadn't run away from home with her brother to go with the professor and George, the big, tame, trained bear with the ring in his nose. Yes, indeed, Becky was sorry she had run away. I guess Nettie was sorry, too. For after pawing a bit in the sawdust, he looked at his sister, and when he saw her lips quivering, and thought that she was trying to reach for her handkerchief without him seeing it, then Nettie did what he should have done first, and said, Oh, well, Becky, maybe a girl's game would be nice after all. We aren't doing much here. Tell me about it. I will, said Becky, and she brightened up and smiled as well as a little girl bear's can smile, and she patted her little rubber doll and said, Now, Nettie, just as soon as Mary Ann Pudgingstick Clothespin is asleep, I'll tell you about the trick I thought up all by myself. So Nettie waited until the rubber doll should close her eyes and go fast, fast asleep. It took some time. Well, isn't that doll asleep yet? asked Nettie after a bit. He was anxious to know what trick Becky was going to tell him about. Hush! Yes, she's asleep, said the little girl bear. Come on, we'll go over near where the elephants are eating their peanuts, and I'll tell you all about it. Will you kindly watch over Mary Ann Pudging Stick Clothespin? asked Becky of the big hippopotamus. I will, answered the river horse, yawning until it looked as if someone had opened a big red flannel bag. So large was the hippo's mouth. Now for my trick, said Becky when she and her little brother were on the side of the circus barn where the elephants lived. I was thinking, Nettie, that if we can get a long plank or board, we could put it over the back of one of the big elephants. Then you can get on one end of the board, and I'd get on the other, and we would teeter-totter and seesaw up and down, and the people who watched us would like the trick very much. Yes, I think that'd be fine, cried Nettie. Why, that isn't a girl's trick at all. It's a good enough for any of the boys. We'll do it, and maybe we'll get lots of sweet buns and some lollipops, too. 
Why, that's as good a trick as some of that George does. And George was a pretty good trick bear, too, let me tell you. When the professor blew on his brass horn, ta-ra-ta-ta-ta, George would somersault or pepper-salt and march like a soldier and do all things like that. Well, Nettie and Becky found a long, teetery-totty plank in the barn, and then they asked the kind old elephant, who had once helped Nettie, if he would let them put it on his back for a seesaw. Why, to be sure I will, kindly said the elephant, and with his long, rubbery, stretchy trunk, he put the plank on his own back, for it was quite too heavy for Nettie and Becky to lift up so high. But I wonder how we are to get up on the plank now, asked the little bear. You can climb on my neck, if you don't scratch me too much, said the spotted giraffe, who was as tall as a stepladder. So Nettie climbed up on the neck of one giraffe, and on the other side of the elephant, and Becky climbed on the other giraffe, on the other side, the bear children taking care not to scratch the tall, spotted creatures. Then the little bear cubs got on the plank over the elephant's back, both at the same time, balancing themselves nicely, and then they began to teeter-totter. Up and down they went, while Becky sang this song. Teeter-totter, bread and water, up and down we go. Sometimes I am very high, and then again I'm low. Well, the bear cubs were having a fine time when along came the circus man and the professor, who owned George, the trained bear, the two men who could speak and understand bear and all other animal languages, watched Nettie and Becky doing the teeter-totter trick Becky had thought up all by herself. That's pretty good, said the circus man, speaking bear talk and nodding to the two little bears. Yes, indeed, said the professor. Then the two of them talked for some time in their own language, which Becky and Nettie could not understand very well. Becky and Nettie felt very proud that the circus man and the professor should like their trick. But a little later, when the pole parrot came over to them and told them something, they did not feel so happy. The pole parrot said, Oh, you don't know what I heard. I heard those two men talking about you two little bears. I can understand man talk and talk it myself, you see. Well, what did they say? asked Nettie, sliding off the teeter-totter. That let Becky come down suddenly with a bump. But she fell on a pile of soft shavings, so she did not get hurt in the least. What did they say? asked the parrot. Why, I heard them say that they were going to dress you two up bears like clowns and make you go down south where it's warm weather, even if it's winter up here. Down there, the professor is going to take you and George and an elephant and make you do that seesaw trick. Oh, you're going to be taken away from here. Becky and Nettie looked at each other. They had never thought such a thing would happen when they did their little trick. Oh, dear cried Becky as she thought of going farther and farther away from her home and her mama. I wish we'd never run away, Nettie. So do I, exclaimed Nettie. But I'll not let them send us down south. Listen, Becky, we must run away again. Only this time we'll run back home. Oh, goody, 
cried Becky, clapping her paws. Come on, right away, said Nettie. We'll go before the professor and the circus man can see us. So the two little bear children slipped out of the back door of the barn. They wished they could kiss George, the big, kind bear, goodbye, but it was impossible, which means you can't do it. Oh, how fast Nettie and Becky ran. Over the fields and through the woods they went until the circus barn was left far, far behind. And finally, just as night was coming away, the two little children bears reached the cave in the side of the hill where they lived, and they were safe home again. And oh, how glad their papa and mama and Aunt Piffy, the fat bear lady, were to see them. And of course, Mr. Whitewash, the polar bear, and Uncle Wigwag, the trick-playing bear, were glad also. And oh, such a good supper as Nettie and Becky had. We're never going to run away again, they said. So that's all to this story. But in the next one, if the dog barking at the moon in our backyard doesn't take off his collar and tie it on my pussycat's neck, I'll tell you all about Nettie Stubtail and Little Wuzzy Fuzzy Tail. End of chapter 12. Recording by Ryan Carrero.